If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'm going to discuss some strategies that you can use to improve your child's sleep environment and sleep hygiene. Now, the research that I've looked at shows that sleep abnormalities are very common in autistic children, with some 50% to 80% of children being affected. The most uh, prevalent sleep disorders are difficulty falling asleep, increased bedtime resistance, frequent nighttime awakenings, reduced sleep duration, morning rise problems, daytime sleepiness, and even sleep disordered breathing such as snoring, sleep apnea, and mouth breathing. Now, as you can probably imagine, sleep deprivation can have serious health consequences especially on a growing child, because, you know, they need quality sleep to support growth, the immune system, memory formation, healing, brain maturation, and many other processes. Here's the interesting part. Quite a bit of research has found that sleep disturbances have been associated with certain behavioral issues like uh, aggression, um, and also anxiety, impaired social interaction and communication, And sleep problems can contribute to uh, things like inattention, hyperactivity, depression. They've been shown to exacerbate repetitive and stereotypic behaviors. They can, as I mentioned, contribute to aggression, defiance, other challenging behaviors. And of course, we know that uh, disturbed sleep can interfere with learning, memory formation, communication, socialization skills, motor development. So this is an extremely important area that you need to, if your child has problems sleeping, you need to do something about it. Not the least because problematic sleep in autistic children has also been associated with higher levels of parental stress. And conversely, even short sessions on how to improve their children's sleep have been shown to have benefits for the children, right? So... There's little things I'm going to go over here uh, in this episode that you can do to greatly improve your chances of your child having better sleep, right? So 
So, but before I get into those, let me just mention the gut again. It's a very much a recurring theme in what I talk about and what I write about and what I teach. Basically, gut dysfunction can be a significant contrib- contributor to sleep disorders. Problem is, many practitioners have just simply not known that for many, many years. Now, it's starting to become more common knowledge, but there's many, many that need to still be taught this information. And there are some studies I cite in my book that have shown that autistic children with gut problems tend to have a higher prevalence of sleep disorders or sleep disturbances. And gastrointestinal symptoms have also been associated with insomnia in autistic children. So there's quite a bit of research showing that gut problems will negatively influence sleep. Now, here's what you might not know. There's, you may have heard that there is a hormone called melatonin, which is the primary sleep-inducing hormone in the body. Now, some people know that the melatonin is secreted by a gland in the brain called the pineal gland when basically when it becomes dark, so at night. But what most people don't know is that most of the melatonin production in the body occurs in the wall of the gut. It's actually estimated that there is at least 400 times more melatonin in the gut than in the pineal gland. So this is where if your child has leaky gut, gut inflammation, pathogenic infections, black bacteria, yeast overgrowths, things like that, this can actually inhibit melatonin production and this can contribute to less than ideal sleep. So one of the first strategies to improving your child's sleep is to make sure that their gut function works as well as possible. And of course, previous episodes cover this topic and future episodes will cover it in more detail again. But this is definitely an area that you need to focus on as a matter of priority because as I keep saying, the health of the gut will influence the health of the entire body and and that includes the brain and the mind. So now that that's out of the way, let me discuss a few strategies around improving your child's sleep. So the first thing I'll discuss is the importance of light and dark during the day. Now for a human to maintain an optimal sleep-wake cycle, we need to have a lot of daylight, a lot of light in the morning and during the day, and it needs to be dark at night, right, and in the evening. Now, this may seem logical or obvious, but unfortunately, it for many of us, we do the opposite. So we wake up in a house or in an apartment, so the, the sun is out, but, you know, we're, we're, we're behind four walls and we get relatively little daylight. And then at night, when it's supposed to be dark, the sun has set, we have these lights blasting us until pretty much until we go to bed so this is exactly the wrong way around so you can imagine why so many people have problems with sleep and of course problems with sleep as we covered can contribute to a lot of other health problems so fixing sleep can actually show some amazing results for many many different kind of health issues conditions etc right so what do you need to do so Basically, this means is you need to expose your child to as much daylight as soon as possible after they wake up. So if possible, get out in the garden or go for a walk or on the balcony or at least make sure that the windows, um, uh, you know, the windows are open, the blinds are up this kind of way. Get some light on their skin. 
Um, what the, the light in the morning, what it does is it stimulates our stress hormone cortisol. That spikes when we wake up and are exposed to light. And what that does is it gets us going. So it's a stress hormone. So it's, it's, it's designed when, when you wake up, it is basically designed to get you going, get some energy going. So in case you have to, you know, go chase your food or run away from a lion, it's kind of a survival mechanism, right? Now, if you don't get a lot of light in the morning, it can reduce that cortisol. It's called the cortisol awakening response. And people that don't get that cortisol awakening response stimulated in the morning can have issues with getting going in the day, kind of staying awake. They can feel sleepy during the day. So it's important to get that light. And then around sunset, it's important to start reducing the light in the home. If you can do it gradually, that's great. But what you really want to do, at least an hour, hopefully more, a couple of hours before it's your child's bedtime, you want that light as low as possible. And it's extremely important that any devices are, are turned off. Now, this is another thing that should be obvious, should be logical, but many of us still don't do it. And we have these blue light emitting devices, tablets, computers, TVs blasting us. And that's exactly the blue light from, from these devices is exactly the most disruptive to our melatonin production. So blue light is the most disruptive light to melatonin production. If you have those devices, many of them now have these blue light filters. Make sure that night mode is turned on on them. But that's a couple of hours before bed. When you come in the vicinity of two to one hours before bed, you want to reduce those um, devices. You want to turn them off and you want to do some other more relaxing, less stimulatory activities, right? So that's kind of how to manipulate light to increase your chance, your child's chances of having restorative sleep. Now, I keep saying about the blue light because it's important. Even if your child falls asleep after watching the tablet or the computer or the TV, even if they seem to be sleeping okay, seem to be asleep most of the night, that does not mean that that sleep will be optimal. So that because that blue light inhibits the production of melatonin, that sleep might be less restorative. It's a very, there's a very good chance that sleep will be less restorative. So this is another important reason to keep those devices away from your child an hour at least, but hopefully two before bed. Now, in terms of your child's sleep environment, here are some ideas to improve it, make it more conducive to restorative sleep. So going back to the previous point, you want to keep devices out of your child's room. There's one study I was reading, I have it cited in the book. They did a study on autistic boys aged 8 to 17 who had a computer, TV or gaming console in their bedroom. And in the study, those, those boys that had those devices in their bedroom got less sleep than their peers who did not have those devices. So there you go. There's a study showing you that if the chances are if your child has a device in the room, they're going to get less sleep than if they don't, which kind of makes sense. And again, if, if they use that device close to bedtime, it, it will likely be less restorative sleep. So less sleep and less restorative sleep, kind of a double whammy that you want to avoid. But in terms of your child's bedroom, you want to, of course, keep it cool, quiet, and as dark as possible, if your child is, of course, not afraid of the dark. 
if you need to have lights in the room, a great trick is to get the, you can get red LED bulbs. They're very cheap. And what the, the reasoning behind the red light bulbs is they don't disrupt the, the human circadian rhythm as much as blue light, as I mentioned. So blue light greatly inhibits the production of the sleep-inducing hormone melatonin. So if you can, I think not all hardware stores will have those red uh, LED bulbs, but you can certainly order some online and just have a, a couple of them maybe on the path in the corridor to the bedroom in case your child gets up to go to the bedroom. So having those lights is a much better alternative than putting on the lights. And that, that includes if you need to wake up at night to, um, you know, go into your child's bedroom or, or whatever, having red lights instead of standard lights, it will spare your circadian rhythm too. It will actually disrupt your sleep as well. As an aside, if your child is a bit older and for yourself, I would recommend that you look into blue blocking glasses. Now, these are extremely, extremely important. I I have been using them for, I think, two years or more, and I, I, I just do not see my life ever without these um, red blue blocking glasses. So th what they do is basically they, they, they block there's these red lenses or orange lenses and they block out a lot of the blue light or all of the blue light. And you put them on one to two to maybe even three hours before bed. And it takes a little bit of adjustment because it is darker, but um, that's, the, that's the whole point. It needs to be dark in order for your body to think, okay, it's night. Let me start producing melatonin. Let me start getting sleepy. So point the point I'm, I'm making get yourself some red uh, lensed blue blocking glasses if you need to get up at night uh, you know to go to your child uh, or just to wear one to two hours before bed if your child is a bit older and will wear uh, um, these glasses get them a pair for sure this is one of the best investments you can make there they become fairly cheap now get them on Amazon the, the used to be more expensive, like $100. Now you can get them for much less. So definitely consider investing in that. Now, other little hacks for your child's bedroom. If you haven't taken out all the electric and electronic devices from your child's bedroom, get some black electrical tape and put it on any little LED lights and, and, and anything that flashes and stuff like that. These, even though they seem so small, they can actually emit disruptive light that can disrupt um, our sleep cycles, right? So that, that's another little trick. If your Wi-Fi router is close to your child's bedroom, just try to keep it as far away as possible. Ideally, if you're not using, obviously you're not, most people are not using their Wi-Fi, the internet at night, keep your Wi-Fi router off and keep it away from you, from your family, from your children, from your pets. Just keep it as far away as possible, right? Because there's, we have enough scientific research that shows that those electromagnetic frequencies are harmful to living organisms, right? So keep keep the Wi-Fi router away. Make sure phones are on airplane mode. That goes not just for your child, but for yourself as well. Now, another little hack is if you can get the, there's these HEPA air filters basically you can you can put one into your child's bedroom and it will filter the air to improve the air quality which is you know great but it, what it can also do is it can it can generate some background noise that can also drown out other sounds so that's another way to have some kind of like almost like a white noise 
generator to help your, your basically just to drown out noises like i said and it can help your improve your child's sleep of course i should also mention that your child's bedroom needs to be free from toxic materials as much as you can help it um, so you know any air fresheners well, things like fresh paint varnish new carpets new beds new furniture you, you want to keep them out of your child's sleeping environment if you need to buy a new bed or new furniture or paint the room or you know things like that make sure that they it airs out for for many days before your child has to sleep in it or weeks even and any new beds or furniture i'll cover this in a separate episode about cleaning up the home but when you buy new furniture and things like that beds and stuff they off gas all sorts of toxic compounds for weeks and sometimes even months so you want to make sure that you keep those out and away from your child for at least a few days to a few weeks before you, you kind of put them where you want to use them. See, example, if you buy a, a new bed, you keep it, uh, let's say, in the garage if you have space or on the balcony if it's, you know, if, if it's not going to get wet. And you keep it there for like a, a week or two or three. So all these formaldehydes and glues and all sorts of God knows what other chemicals, they have a chance to just kind of air out, right? Rather than... You know, you buy the bed today, your child lies in it today, and all those toxic particles and chemicals are just off-gassing in the air, and your child's breathing them in. That's the rationale behind that. So these are little hacks to improve the uh, your child's sleep environment. Now, in terms of sleep hygiene, which is basically the, the little practices you do around bedtime that will improve your child's sleep make it more restorative i covered the most important one the most important one is to turn down the bright lights and to keep tvs tablets and other screens off at least one to two hours before bedtime and if you can, if you can do that for yourself you know do yourself that favor because what disrupts your child's like the hacks we cover here the tips we cover here you know what disrupts your child's sleep will disrupt your sleep right so you might as well not just you know be a good example for your child but you if you're going to do all these things like like i say you know eating organic food filtering your uh, your child's water you might as well do them for your whole family because they will improve your your whole family's health right so keep the tablets the tvs the screens off one to two hours before bedtime and do something more relaxing more you know something fun um, together if possible you know these are very stimulating activities even though it's a passive activity watching TV or a tablet that, that light those frequencies is just a very stimulating activity for the brain and then it's dif more difficult for it to switch off another tip is you want to avoid sugary foods around bedtime sugary foods high carbohydrate foods they can cause and uh, they can increase the, the, the blood sugar and these fluctuations of the blood sugar can can actually dis, dis, disrupt sleep, right? So try to keep snacks to more, if possible, kind of uh, more balanced snacks, less less sugary, less high carb snacks uh, for sure around bedtime is a good idea. And then if you can, try to design some bedtime routine that works for your family. 
it can include reading stories, Epsom salt baths, um, you know, a couple of times a week or maybe even more often. Epsom salt baths are, um, Epsom salts have magnesium sulfate. So not only is the, the uh, it's a great way to replenish sulfate through the skin, which many autistic children have been shown to be low on sulfate or to excrete more sulfate. So that's, that's great. It can also be a good source of magnesium, which is of course very deficient in our diets nowadays, but Epsom salt baths do kind of relax the body as well. So it's, it, it could be something you can maybe not do every day, but you could try it, especially like after a more stimulating day or something like that. You could also try some calming essential oils or whatever other activities that work for you, for your family. It could be like a game you play. So it's the, the important thing is that the bedtime routine needs to be consistent. You need to have a consistent sleep schedule. If you can, dis display it prominently at home, like... Uh, on the fridge and if you know if, if your child resists bedtime you can just point to the schedule and say look the rules are the rules we follow the rules these are the house rules and now it's bedtime and it, the important thing is to just kind of have something consistent that you can you can point to and it, it just build that habit over time and then finally as i mentioned already try not to switch on the lights in the middle of the night if possible it will disturb both you and your child's sleep, uh, your sleep rhythms, your melatonin production. So if, again, I I have to stress how useful these red LED lights are to have installed in a few strategic locations around the house, in your child's bedroom, in the corridors, in the bathroom. It's just, it's just enough light to do your business at night, to do whatever you need to do without getting this blast of bright, stimulating, wake, waking light, you know. So those are some sleep hygiene tips. I already covered in a previous episode some supplements that you can use to support your child's sleep. The most common one is, of course, melatonin. Um, so you probably know about that one. What I'll, I'll probably do is I'll cover melatonin and how to actually take it, what, what the, the best practice recommendations are. Um, in a separate episode. So I think I'll wrap this episode for now. So that's it for, for today. I hope you found this episode useful and I'll see you on the next one.